Hey everybody, Sean Tierney here from Insights and Automation and um, coming to you with the Automation Morning Show. Today is, what is today? The 6th, February 6th. It's a Tuesday and this is a show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation as I peruse over 200 vendors' websites. Now, you may notice something a little bit different. I'm actually not on the stage. I actually put a behind the scenes look at uh, the old Studio A. That's because I've begun to move all of that stuff into my new physical offices. We'll take a look at that at the end of the show. But in any case, um, because those offices are so new, not the ones I'm moving into, but the ones nearby, they're still doing construction. And I gotta be honest, I've only moved about 5% of what I have into those offices. So it's a big task moving your office when you've been in a place for 10 years and you have, you know, I don't know, hundreds of PLCs and HMIs, right? So trying to do it smartly and um, and take my time with it. Now, if there's any, and I, I want to say good morning to Brandon, if there is, if you guys aren't getting my audio or something's going wrong, let me know, because this is a completely different setup. I've never used StreamYard on this computer before. So we'll see how it goes. I hope it comes out <laughs> in any case. Um, let me go ahead and switch over to this view here. And just for anybody who's new to this show, Every single link we publish uh, that we uh, cover in this uh, episode and in all the episodes for over the last year, you'll find it at automate.news. If you find any issues, send in the uh, the feedback or the talkback link. Let us know, hey, that link didn't go to the right place. I did find one that went to the wrong place. So I got to make sure I'm giving them to uh, people who are putting them in correctly so they can put them in correctly. But in any case, with that, let's go ahead and get started uh, with the news. And Brandon, thank you for the feedback on that, that you can hear me okay. Um, really appreciate it, man. Um, with that, let's go ahead and get started with the news. First, I do want to thank our sponsor for today's show. That is Siemens. I have their HMI page up. I'm actually going to be starting much first, going to be filming a brand new Unified Comfort Panel um, HMI course. I'm so excited about doing this. I, everybody loves playing with H, HMIs, right? So I'm excited about doing this. I still have to build some camera um, because there's drop ceilings in the uh, in the offices office suite that I'm renting. Um, I got to design some way to have the overhead cameras give me uh, give me good views of the as of the uh, workbench as I unbox these things. But in any case, um, and I do have to send Remy back the big one I have on the wall because it needs to get upgraded. So lots to do. But in any case, thank you to Siemens for sponsoring this morning's show. Um, from there, we go over to the first press release. Um, this one's about ABB Robotics and Metla Toledo, who we've been working with, a great company, um, joining forces to accelerate global adoption of flexible lab environments uh, or flexible lab automation. And so you can imagine, just like you see in this picture, if you're watching that, you know, you can have a cobot um, or robot arm do a lot of the repetitive tasks that you would normally have um, a person do in a lab, especially if you're going to do like thousands of tests, right? And so what they're doing here is they're um, integrating with a product that I don't think most of us use. It's a uh, Metlo Toledo's lab, excuse me, Mentler Toledo's LabX software. So very interesting there. Next up, we have Moxa. They have a big press release here about their new generation of x86 industrial computers. Now, I always think of Moxa as networking. Of course, we've had them on the show many times in the past talking about networking, but they are a major IPC player worldwide as well. And uh, if you're not familiar with that, I actually had them on end of last year. November 29th, it was podcast 181, and they went through their brand new line of really affordable, feature-rich industrial computers, so check that out. We have more industrial computer coverage coming 
in 2024. So it's that's one of those segments where you see a lot of high-end growth because there's a lot of edge applications that are people are, you know, it's more than just SCADA and HMI now. It's, uh, you know, data collection. It's, uh, you know, uh, predictive maintenance. It's all these, you know, AI or machine learning based uh uh, you know, applications. So from there, we go over to inductive automation, announcing the release of Ignition 8.1.37. Now, unlike previous uh, minor updates, this one is actually kind of minor, no major, um, uh, at least from my perspective, uh, you know, ads in this, but still some good, uh, you, you know, use of uh, quality of life improvements. So uh, usability improvements. So um, if you do use Ignition, then you'll see here the perspective designer gets a major update for usability. And so the gateway network um, also gets some improvements as well. There's also some minor adjustments here. For those of you who are using the Omron NJ driver, they uh, now allow you to do, uh, you have a configurable range for the time offset. And um, they added some other things as well. But in any case, I did want to cover that on the show. I know there's a lot of ignition users out there. And so 8.1.37 is out. From there, we go over to a new product from Banner. This is a very simple product that converts M12s to M8s or M8s to M12s. So super handy. This thing's about the size of a, a AA battery. And um, yeah, that's what it does. So pretty cool there. And now we have another new product from... Um, who is this? I believe this is Kians. Yes. And one of the things I like about this new product announcement is that these are what they call their uh, 2D, 3D um, laser profilers. Okay. The LJ-X8000 series. But what I like about this is this video because it really gives you an idea of what these things can do. And so it's an animation of several different applications where they're using this device. And it just kind of clicks and makes sense when you... Uh, when you see all the different applications they have here. Here they have four monitoring a tire. Here they have one going along with a dispenser that's putting a, like a gasket around the edge of a uh, window and so on. So just, you know, what a great way of uh, telling, you know, the engineer or, or, or technician how, what this product does. I, I really enjoyed that. So from there, we go over to uh, Hillshire. We have talked about getting them on the show. They have a, a interesting line of products, and um, they released. Uh, now, I thought this product was interesting as well. They released an Edge IO Link Master, right? So it's just not an IO Link Master. Okay, so this is your on machine or machine mount IP67 block of IO, and it's not just an IO Link Master, right? This has like a Linux operating system on it, like a Edge PC built into it. So very interesting. I have not figured out. All the all the use cases for this yet. I did read the article and it seems very cool, but I'm still struggling to find out when would I use this. But one of the places you may want to use it if you want to just bring that IIoT stuff right to your your IT network, right to your PC network, right without going through a control system, which which you can do with this product. From there, we go over to back off. They have a new product. It's their new. Um, C6675 IPC. I had to go back and check uh, from two weeks ago. I was off last week because my son got married. Congratulations, John. It was, uh, it was just great seeing family and friends. But, um, you know, a week, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, we talked about they had a new, another new IPC that came out. So I had to go back and check. But this I didn't cover this yet, so I did want to cover it. Sometimes the dates of when they announce it and when they get online are different, which, you know, people are, people are busy, right? So they don't always get them coordinated and then sometimes i miss things as well so in any case um but in, you know this is a um they're, what they're calling it it is a um 
you know, this one C6675 consolidates numerous complex automation tasks previously handled by separate controllers into one high-powered device. So it's available i3, i5, i7, and it's based on an ATX motherboard. So this is that was designed and assembled by Beckoff. So you can see it here. Let's see if we can get a big picture here. So it does look like a big industrial PC, doesn't it? Um, it looks like it has ISA, or I shouldn't say ISA, <laughs> PCI expansion slots or PCI Express expansion slots. From there, we go over to PNF. I thought this was very interesting. So they just released a new modern conveyor system uh, motor control module for 48 volts. I'm like, why 48 volts? And as I started reading through this, um, 48 volts just gives you more performance for less power. So, you know, if, if, if you've ever looked at power and things before, like if you get a two, 230-volt heater, it is much more efficient than a 120-volt heater, right? And the same thing is here. When you're using 48 volts versus 24 volts, you get, what do they call it? You get double the double the performance at the same power, twice the performance at the same power. So that made sense to me. I didn't know about this move going on in the industry, moving to 48 volts for conveyor motors, but uh, because there is that going on, and you in the audience probably know more about it than I do, um, that's where uh, that's where uh, this uh, uh, motor control module with Ozzy uh, definitely is going to uh, play. So in any case, from there we go over to PTC, Launching on-shape vision for the Apple Vision Pro. Now, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna editorialize a little bit here. I I um I have uh, my daughters are big Apple fans, right? And so we use Apple in the house as well, right? Even though you know I go back to Windows 3.0 and always it's been a you know and DOS. What was the earliest DOS I used? Well, the one I can remember the most was DOS 3.3. I just remember that because I like that number, right? So in any case, um, big DOS user back in the day with ICOM software and 6200. And then, of course, Windows 3 when I finally twisted my manager's arm to buy me a copy of Windows. But, um, you know, I was an early adopter with uh, VR. You know, I have the original Rift. I have the uh, – and all the iterations up to the latest Quest 3, I guess is what they're calling it. Um but in any case, um, when you look at what the Apple Vision Pro does, right? If you're an Apple fan and you want to spend $3,500 on it, have fun. Go for it. Um, if you're just like getting into VR or AR, I would suggest holding off. Rumor is Apple has a consumer version of this product coming out next year for $500. So you don't need to spend $3,500 unless you just really want to be on the bleeding edge. Um, that said, if you picked up like a Quest 3, and why do I think they're not calling it the Quest 3? I don't know. But if you pick up a Quest 3, um, it already has all these features, plus it has a massive library of games and apps. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, and with that, I'm going to go over to the chat. Um, Musfa, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Um, from there, we go to ESD. Now, I do check these guys occasionally to see what they got new because they do make some stuff in our industry. And they have a bridge here that goes from CAN to CAN FD. So if you're using CAN, if you're making the migration to CAN FD and uh, you have some old CAN devices, you would need to bridge over to that. Just know that ESD has a product for that. Uh, from there, we go over to SICK. SICK had a new product. This is their um, Visionary B2. This is a rugged and smart 3D snapshot solution for harsh uh, conditions, especially outdoor conditions. So think of it as a 3D camera, um, 
but this is hardened, so it can be used outside. So very interesting there. Uh, from there, we got a couple of new products from SMC. Uh, in this first one, you can see they're talking about SMC's CFC-free CO2 refrigerant, thermal chillers for semiconductor industry. Okay, that's a big boy right there. And then over here, we have a new vacuum unit. This is the ejector system plus the vacuum pump system uh, from SMC. I'm looking for the model number. This is your ZK2 underscore A series. The underscore would be replaced with the option you purchase. So you can see that there. We also have a new product from Festo. This is for your life sciences type of applications. It's for pipetting. And this unit can dispense from 20 microliters to 20 milliliters, right? So allows you to do high-speed pipetting in those life science applications. Um, and from there, we go over to Emerson. They have a new eco-friendly electric valve actuator for harsh or for cold environments, I should say. So reading this article, they talk about how in really cold environments, they typically have to use, um, you know, natural gas-powered actuators, right? And, um, of course, you know, you use a natural gas. If you can use low-power electrical, you save money, right? Um, or potentially save money right? And uh, then you don't have that gas, you know, there's all these issues with making sure the gas isn't leaking and you don't have, a, you know, unwanted emissions and so on. So uh, what's impressive about this thing is um, it's very, you know, so it's 11 to 30 volt DC power. It's a very energy efficient, right? So 0.4 watts when in the holding position, right? And it supports all the way down to minus 40 C, which just happens to be, according to them, minus 40 F as well. So we can just say minus 40 this morning. And I believe it has Modbus RTU serial interface. So um, a lot of other features I'm not going to go into in details, but I thought it was interesting. So I did want to cover it this morning. And that brings us to our featured product. Um, today, it is the my S7 1200-1500 online course. It's still on sale for 25% off. It's $149. This is a course. I had somebody ask me, like, can't you just charge me $10 a month? And we don't do that at the automation school. We don't do subscriptions. I know a lot of people have gone to that. And what we do is a buy once, own forever, support forever model. So you buy the course once. You have a single price. And it is a little upfront cost because we have upfront costs on boarding new students. But um, then you can come back forever and ask questions. And this allows us, this is actually a better model for us because we know that most people who buy courses don't jump into them right away. And so don't you don't you really dislike it when you subscribe to something you don't watch it for six months and you cancel it especially if they charge you for a year they won't give you the last six months back even though you're not going to use it so this is this is just our model and i want to add we will be doing this course at live in person in our new offices coming up in i don't know march april and part of that price tag will be you will get this course included so you come to the live course, we'll have hands-on, we have a bunch of computers on order, we get a bunch of, or we're about to place an order for a bunch of S7s. You'll come in, you'll sit down, I'll teach you, you'll take the test, you'll take the quizzes, and then when you leave, you will have a lifetime copy to the online course. Now, why do we do that? Because we know everybody learns at different different speeds, right? So some people will come in, they'll only get through half the material, and we don't want them leaving saying, ugh, I didn't learn what I really needed to know. And the other, the other thing is, um, you know, we want people to say, you know, I really, I learned everything in the course that he had available. He didn't 
he didn't have some advanced topics available. Well, we add these to the courses as time goes on. Like we have some a PID trainer we'll be adding. We have a, a couple of conveyors we'll be adding. And uh, we have some simulation, a 3D simulation that you can use VR goggles with that we'll be adding. So we want you, even if you come today, we want you to have, if we release new content in late 24 or 25, we want you to have access to that. And two, you know, if you forget something, we want you to be able to ask the instructor questions about it. So that's why we're going to be doing it. I don't know of anybody else in the world who's doing that, but we're doing it because we think it's the right thing to do. So from there, we go over to Bill Weedman. They have um, a, a new article out about using their solutions for uh, AGVs. Okay. And this is particularly looking at how they have an e-stop that can communicate to your entire fleet of AGVs. Um, using either LAN or WAN or 5G. Very interesting concept here. If you're watching, you can see the picture here. But yeah, having one e-stop to be able to stop all your AGVs, very cool solution. And I saw another chat come in, so I'll turn over there. Oh, uh, just somebody saying hi. Now here, we have a product spotlight from Rockwell about the new Factory Talk Optics panel graphic terminal. Now I rent, I, you know, I looked through this. I'm trying to understand what Mario, why he published this. I didn't see anything new in here, so maybe it's just trying to get back in front of the customers to, you know, because we had seen these this type of news before last year. So um, we don't have um, we don't we don't have any uh, factory talk ops, optics hardware, so we won't be covering it on any of our shows. But we're we're open to it. We'd love to work with Rockwell on that. Um, from there, we go over to um, another article from Rockwell. Now. One of the things I've learned, and you guys probably heard me in some of my videos talk about this, is um, the vendors themselves are telling me, hey, these on-machine, machine-mount IP67 I.O. solutions, they're, they're really taking off like like never before, right? They're just you know exploding. And I find that interesting because I don't know, not being in the field every day like I used to be, you know, I don't know what's causing that. But it's you know I'm hearing it from the vendors. They're seeing these orders go up and up and up. And um, I know they do allow you to put your systems together much quicker because, you know, there's no wiring involved, right? It's just everything's quick disconnect. But in any case, um, this is Rockwell to, uh, blog about their Armor Block 5000. So if, you, if you're a Rockwell follower, you know, they've had Block I.O. since well, way back. I still remember when the first Block I.O. came out from Rockwell. I actually picked one up for the PLC5 course I'm teaching and uh, the original Block I.O. And so... Um, they had they they came out with a version of that that was on machine, um, or which they used to trademark. I don't see the trademark here, which I found very interesting because I thought they had trademarked that uh, that term on machine. But in any case, um, long story short, um, so after the release of Block IL, they started releasing Armor Block, which was you know on machine IP67 block io and so this talks about it talks about some of the applications um uh, i'm not going to include this link because that it's in that previous article but i did want to show what it looks like so you get an idea again we're seeing these products from all the vendors uh just really explode we got a we got a uh, some great podcasts coming up with banner and with siemens talking about their equivalents of this and of course if um and we've talked about all the other companies who've come out with them over the year but uh, if you're a vendor out there, you, you you want to talk to your favorite vendor, they have a product like this, please um, please tell them to get in contact. We'd love to have them on the show. Uh, from there, we go over to Schneider. Now, we've had Schneider on our shows talking about PACs and PLCs and HMIs and motor starters and VFDs. Um, great stuff. I just love working with these vendors, learning about their products. But this is about their DCSs. And in this article, I thought it was interesting. They take a like the typical DC, DCS stance of like, you wouldn't use a PLC to run a whole facility, would you? 
No, that's why you use a DCS. So I, I thought it was interesting. What is a DCS versus a PLC? I, I think some of those PAC guys may argue with that and say, no, we got PACs running entire plants. Um, but in any case, that's the age-old PLC versus DCS uh, uh, you know, battle. But in any case, um, I'm like, I couldn't remember what their DCS was. It's Foxborough. So it's now EcoStructure Foxborough DCS, but everybody knows which Foxborough was from way back. And um, in any case, um, if you go through here, you'll see they, they really go through and talk about what, you know, the advantages of a DCS over a PLC from the DCS standpoint. Uh, from there, we go over to Umron. They have a new article about why machine safety is important, what it is and why is this important and how to get started. So very uh, practical article, um, very similar to other articles we reviewed over the years. And, um, you know, very important if you're implementing machine safety that you um, understand, you know, the, the legal and uh, regulatory requirements in your industry, but also team up with somebody who knows what they're doing, right? You need to have a consultant or an expert who can walk you through the process of implementing safety in your, whether it's your plant or your machine. From there, we go over to an article from Banner. And this one talks about what is 3D time of flight. I really enjoyed this article. It's a very approachable article. So if you never, you know, had to do anything with 3D time of flight, or if you have somebody junior in your staff who needs to come up, needs some reading to get up to speed, definitely recommend this one. I thought it was very approachable, very easy to read. And, you know, uh, they did a great job, you know, explaining what it does and how it works. So uh, from there... We go over to Software Toolbox, and they have another article here about Omni Server. I told you in the past about my long history with them, even before Software Toolbox owned them. Uh, it used to be Descartes Omni Server, doing a lot of Modbus 485 to, you know, I think it was, um, oh, gee, was, I, won't, I won't try to remember all the products we were talking to. I know some of them were Eurotherm, but I think some of them were Omegas, and they all talked Modbus um um, actually, they, uh, some of them just talked ASCII, some strange ASCII, you know, custom ASCII. So we, we'd set up OmniServe to talk to 40 or 50 of them. But in any case, um, this is talking about OmniServer's uh, keyboard wedge uh, capabilities to automate things happening on your computer. Like here they're doing a, uh, uh, here they have one called keyboard wedge logging to Notepad++. Um, so very interesting feature of OmniServer. I'm a big fan of it from way back. Um, one of the things I liked about it is when you were doing ASCII, it would color code everything. So you knew why your ASCII commands weren't working, right? So I thought that was cool. In any case, um, we also have an article from Red Lion. Now, this is a PDF. I found that link into these PDFs often don't work. We're going to provide the link I'm using today. But even though I looked this up today, when I opened it up here on a different computer, the link didn't work. So if you go to automate.news and the link doesn't direct... I, there's nothing I can do about it. I, I tried everything I could. Um, but in any case, I did enjoy it. It's like why Ethernet switches can take heat or cold. It's talking about industrial Ethernet switches. I just installed a new uh, gigabit switch in the uh, network closet that the offices were renting so I could have gigabit to all the wired ports. Of course, we have wireless as well. But, I, you know, for, especially if we're going to be using uh, VMs off the NAS, definitely want to have gigabit right to the NAS, right? So in any case, I thought it was a well-written article. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminded me there's a big uh, mini split in the uh, network closet on that floor to, to, to maintain the temperature, you know, with what office-grade equipment needs, right? So well-done article there. Uh, from there, also, um, over at Softing, they just added MQTT protocol to their secure integration server. 
So you can see publisher, subscriber, authentication, store and forward, and so on. So very interesting ad from Softing to their secure integration server. Now, if you're not familiar with MQTT, we have a number of articles over at the Automation Blog about it. I also uh, wrote an article, The Basics of MQTT, and then filmed an episode actually kind of down into the gory details of using MQTT. And in this case, we had a, uh, a, a gateway sent into us from uh, real-time automation. So I set that up. I show how to use it with a, a Compact Logics and uh, go through everything. I actually host the MQTT broker on my computer because I didn't want to have to pay, you know, sign up for a subscription with one of the big players just to do one video. So I kind of go through all of that. I think it. Um, I have tons of links here too to everything I talked about in the show. I also have an article um, on it uh, as well at the site. I can see I'm not linking to that article, am I? Um, I don't see it. But in any case, I have an article you can just search for. Well, if you want to see all our MQTT articles, you can just search for MQTT. And you'll see it here, how to set up an MQT system broker. And these are all the times we've covered MQTT. You see a lot of news stories in there as well. But this is the article I was talking about, how to set up an MQTT broker on your PC using the free. Let's see what it was. What did I use here? Anyways, I don't want to get it. Oh, Mosquito. Okay, so from there, we go over to an article from PTC IoT and Digital Twin explaining the connection. This article, I thought, did a good job explaining all the different types of digital twins. You may not know there's more than one, right? But there are. So, uh, you know, when I think of digital twin, I'm thinking of like, you have this uh, machine, right? That does something. And so you do it digitally. The machine does it digitally. So your PLC can interface with it and do stuff. And that way you can debug your code. What this is talking about is, you know, that's not the only type of digital twin there is out there. So in any case, um, I thought it was a good article. So I wanted to share it. From there, we go over to Inductive. Now, this was an interesting article. I don't usually talk about um, ISA 88 and uh, ISA 95, although ISA 95 for me, when I was trained on it, is really more about uh, MES. But in any case, ISA 88 is definitely all about batch, right? And um, I really enjoyed going down memory lane. That was from back from my RS batch days when I got trained up on it. Um, really enjoyed going back down uh, through memory lane with this inductive article talking about uh, batch systems and the IS-88 standard, you know, equipment modules and all of that. So um, in any case, if you'd like a refresher or you just want to read something new, check out this article from Inductive Automation. From there, we go over to our featured guide for today. This is our guide on the S7-1500, completely free. We have over 1,700 videos and articles at theautomationblog.com. And last year, I put the, the top 16 products we covered just from volume of, of articles and videos into, um, into guides. And so these are ordered lists of the content we have. And uh, you can see here, we got, I think, 45 or more articles just on the S7-1500. And um, so if you know anybody looking for free S7-1500 help, please share the guides here over at theautomationblog.com with them. Uh, as far as the digital newsstand, we had a very interesting uh, new a newsletter from, probably came out last week, from Automation Direct. I especially like the story about uh, using PLCs and HMIs to automate the light show on the big semi-rigs, semi-trailers. 
I actually saw somebody doing this on the train, like up in Canada. They had an old train they lit up, and it had all kinds of lighting animations on the side. Really cool. Well, this is on semi-trucks, big tractor trailers, and I thought that was an interesting article. They're featuring a lot of the newest and latest products, like conductive products, Ethernet switches, and so on. Um, they also uh, talk about migrating legacy PLCs, and uh, they have some great uh, articles, including one on distributed on machine I.O. So with that, what's next? Oh, we have a, uh, uh, an application story about how ABB, of course, this kind of ties into that press release at the beginning of the show, how ABB um, is integrating, uh, is this application is actually in a lab application where they're using the robot arm to actually do the sampling, right? So the loaded machine and loaded machine and so on. So very similar to what we talked about earlier. This one is from Schneider. This is how a leading oil company transformed its platform operations by using digital surveillance of its electrical network. So one of the biggest, you know, these platforms use lots of power. And one of the biggest uh, dangers to the people on the platforms is, you know, an electrical short or an electrical issue, uh, overheating and so on, according to this article. So I thought it was interesting talking about how, you know, they want to bolster worker safety. So they they implemented a lot of things that can be done remote to reduce how many people can have to be on the rig. And because that's tough, because a lot of times they go out there and they're out there for a long time. So if they can work remotely, so much better. If they can work in the office instead of being offshore, I think for most of them, that would be better. So very, very interesting. Uh, you can see here, preventing overheating and safety risks in the high voltage electrical circuits and so on. And then we have uh, uh, three application profiles from Rockwell. Last week was a pretty big week, or last week and a half. The first one is about a robotic case packer, getting uptime to 99%. Now, this is a story about DCC automation and how they implemented um, Rockwell's integrated architecture. And I believe um, this was, well, let's just scroll down here, we'll see. They used um, guard logics, actually compact guard logics with kinetic servos and factor talk view HMI. Probably machine edition, I'm going to assume, because they have a they have a picture of a on machine HMI. Although well, I can't tell from that picture, kind of looks like an ASIM PC. So maybe it's view SE. But in any case, um, just an interesting application. How they had an obsolete machine that couldn't keep up with the uh, customers demand so they went through and they upgraded the system with those products the next one is talking about ecm technologies cuts install and commissioning by 50 percent now this was an interesting article i thought because they're talking about here about mass heat treating of parts that go into automobiles right and so um when i think of um you know doing um digital twins right with emulate 3d I don't think of, you know, modeling a heating, you know, a, 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 I don't know, heat treating chamber, right? I'm thinking, again, back to what I said earlier, you know, emulating a, uh, a machine with moving parts. But so I thought it was interesting in that perspective that they're actually, how they're implementing uh, Emulate 3D. And then the last one here, this is um, Tech Engineering's new system reducing material transport investment and operation costs. And what I thought was interesting about this, you know, here they're using the uh, 5380, some 525s, and the cost Studio 5000. Um, but what I liked about this is I was looking at the set. So this is what I want Studio A to look like over at in our new suite. So we're going to find a couple of chairs. I'm going to look at try to get some darker chairs, though. 
So yes, this is all about this is all about that set, and I'm not going into the application much. But I love the background too. Right now, there's a brick wall. It's kind of painted like a, a um, like a light brown or beige color. I don't like it. So um, I like how they have that background there. So if you guys have any tips on way to get a background like that, I don't want to put up uh, I don't want to put up a wall in front of the bricks. But in any case, really appreciate that. And this is kind of what we're going for in Studio A. So I'll be able to do the news from there, do Tech Talks live there, and I'm really looking forward to having vendors coming in in person and sitting down and chatting. So uh, in any case. Um, with that, we go over to a red line case study, and I, I thought this was interesting because this is the first one I've seen where they're talking about a uh, a product that's not a native red line product. This is um, this is actually what they call their MB Connect line of industrial routers, which come over from the folks that bought them out, right? Who was I know that slips my mind. Doesn't it say it in here? Um, I think it was any bus. Let's see here if we can find. See, it's been you do this stuff like at you know four o'clock in the morning and it starts to slip away. But in any case, very interesting how um, Red Line is picking up some of those those products from the the buyout so that they can. Uh, no, I think was it HMS? I can't remember. In any case, uh, from there we go over to uh, a, a video. This is a video from Opto Twenty Two, and. Um, this is entitled "How Watch How Easy It Is to Secure Real-Time OT Data into Ignition Cloud Edition. This is by Opto22. This is a presentation from last year's event, so I wanted to include that. Uh, we also had a very interesting video here from Emerson on the Delta V Edge environment. I really didn't understand because I don't know their product line. I really didn't understand it, but it, it was extremely well done. If you have a if you have a feel for their product line, I think you'll enjoy this video. They do a great job explaining what this unit can do. And uh, then an, an excellent, I, I thought I was amazed that they did this in 60 seconds. So Schneider Electric, they have this 60 second video called Transforming Energy Management in 60 seconds. And they did a great job. I was like, how did they do that in 60 seconds? But it was, and it's not rushed either. Like he's not talking like a you know used car salesman. So I'll include that link as well. And then this one I'm actually gonna play, although I don't know if I've muted my uh, audio. So let me mute it here. This shows uh, Beckoff using their products to control those those uh, cable cameras that you see above sports stadiums and concerts. They call it their Spider Cam, and uh, their products are used in it. And this, I think we've all seen these, right? These type of cameras, but I wanted to include it. It's just it's just really cool to be able to brag that hey, you know those cameras you see, we we do the control system for it. So uh, very well done video too. They they're at some concerts, and um, I don't know if this was overlaid or. I don't know if this was really captured at these events or not, but very cool indeed. So let me take that out of full screen here, pause it, go to the next one. Um, as far as upcoming events, we have IIoT World Webinar, Scaling Success, Deploy IIoT for Maximized ROI. That is from Opto22. This is scheduled for February 13th, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay. And then Unitronics, now they do have one today at 11 uh, EDT, Eastern Daylight Time. I, don't, I think they mean EST. But in any case, they do have one today. I typically don't refer to those because it's, I didn't have enough time to tell you about it. 1500 GMT, so we're minus five. Um, so that would be uh, 10 AM uh, Eastern, I think. 
So check my math on that. And then uh, they have another one, PLC plus HMI, Advantages and Challenges, on February 21st at 11 EDT. Okay. Why is, if this is 11 EDT or 15 GMT, we're minus five. That's because they got the daylight savings time. That's why it's wrong. Okay, so check those times if you're going to attend either of those. I have reached out to them to get them on the show. I'd love to have them on the show. Um, in any case, let's go to downloads. You got a new uh, Psytrans library, version 5.x, for TI Portal V18 and 19 from Siemens, as well as a new Profinet GSD file for the ET200AL, and Ethernet IP EDS file, the ET200SP multi-field bus interface module. You guys, we've talked about that plenty in the past. There's a new EDS file for it. EDS. Get a sheet. As far as uh, downloads, uh, this is a white paper from HBK. We've had them on the show a couple of times doing some great technical uh, presentations. This is the future of packaging. Trends, tech, and measurement solutions. So I thought you guys might be interested in that if you're doing anything with packaging and conveying. Um, and then we go over to Rockwell. We have a new manual on the PowerFlex 7000 HMI. We also have, and there was a multiple of these, but I, um, I, um, I'm only including one because I don't want to have to add a dozen of these or so to to automate that news. So um, this is a new wiring diagram for the Micro 800 um, plug-in modules for the digital plug-in modules. So there's more of those up there as well. And then um, we got a brand new, and I thought this had come out recently, maybe it was just updated, but we got a brand new manual for the Flex uh, HA5000 series. We did have them on the show to cover that. I thought it was an excellent episode, um, very technical. And then uh, a new brochure on their Factory Talk Energy Manager. Um, from there we go, oh, oh, and one more from Rockwell, Plant PAX Display and Library Guidelines. So this new uh, document is, um, you know, first I'm like, what is this, right? But it actually goes into describing the add-on blocks in the faceplates. And I'm like, oh, that is very helpful. Let me see if I can find an example here. So you can see they're explaining all the symbols in the faceplate. Like, what is this? What is this? And I thought this is really useful because, you know, who remembers that kind of stuff, right? If you're not using it every day. So that is a 300-page document. So pretty beefy there. And then over on Omron, we have a new Ethernet IP connection guide, All right? So this is for the FZ5 series vision system. On Siemens' website, we have a new uh, document on their active backplane. I don't have one of these, but we cover them in the course because if you need removable and removal and insertion of the power, you need to be an active backplane. Otherwise, you would disk the Uconnect as you would disconnect, you know, what's on one side from the other. So, um, you know, you can go either way, but I, I believe you'll see in the unboxes in, in my course that the U-connectors are what come with the modules. So, um, in any case, let's go over here to another manual. This is 8,000 pages. Wow. This is a system manual for WinCC Engineering V19, WinCC Unified. 8,000 pages. And then over at Emerson, we had a new Tescom ER5000 series uh Manual, what is this? This is the operations manual, as well as a new data sheet on the Rosemont 3417. All right, and then now in our other science and technology section, we have uh, a couple of robotic videos I want to share with you. Now, I talk a lot about a lot of these 
Whoa, that was loud. I talk a lot about the, a lot of these robots being slow, but this thing, little little four legged robot scampers like like a little dog. <laughs> it is fast. And what they're showing here is they designed it to try to avoid obstacles. So it tries to avoid a baby carriage. There's several people trying to jump in front of it, and how it walks around them, and uh, it's fast and it's loud. <laughs> In any case, that you guys might get a chuckle out of that. Um, and then there was one more here I wanted to share with you. This company is focused on um, uh, solutions for bipedal walking. And so I thought this was very interesting. If you're not watching, this kind of looks like a, the bottom half of an ostrich, right? And so um, very interesting. It does all kinds of walking uh, solutions. It, 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 um, it runs a 500-yard dash. It does all these things. But um, it's like the top half of the robot's missing. I just thought it was interesting and uh, kind of comical, too. Love its little shoes there. But uh, in any case, I wanted to share those with you guys. And with that, um, I want to thank our sponsor who made today's episode possible, Siemens. Here you can see I'm highlighting their HMI page. And uh, we also just wanted to thank everybody who signed up. We broke uh, 1,300 uh, followers. We're over in the 1,400s now already. And uh, this is automation.locals.com. Uh, and this is our community where we do Q&A. And so we had a lot of great questions come in over the last uh, few weeks. And I appreciate everybody for asking. A lot of times people don't tell us, well, I got it working and how they got it working, which is a little frustrating. But, you know, people are busy. I want to show you a picture, though. That The reason I'm here, though, is to show you a picture of the suite that I'm renting. So I get this whole section of the building to myself. The other side of the wall on the right here is like kind of a, a open workspaces with a kitchen and all that where uh, people can rent uh, rent up spaces. And then there's some other companies in there as well. But this is my alley. And so this is Studio A. So this is where we'll have the comfy chairs and we'll have the, um, the newsroom where I'll be able to do this show from there as well as have vendors in. So nice space there. Um, right out here in the open area, we have a lunchroom or a lunch table. Um, I need to get a couple more chairs for that, but it's a really nice big area where we can just sit and have lunch. And I got a, I got a uh, microwave and a, I got to get like one of those old microwave cots. I got a microwave and a Keurig I got to bring in because, you know, I need to have my coffee and my, I need to be able to microwave my food when it goes cold, right? Or my coffee when it goes cold. Um, in any case, then I have an office. This was actually an IT uh, closet. I had them turn it into an office for me, put a nice window in there. And so I'll have a couple desks in there with some storage. Eventually, if we grow at this location, we'll make that all storage. But for now, it's an office slash storage. I needed a quiet place to make phone calls, you know, and just, you know, have, you know, a private space that wasn't open to the world. Then Studio B down here, I already got the workbenches in there. And um, I, I got some hardware in there. I got to make the overhead cam so I can stop filming. But it's the same size as Studio A, but it's a little bit more secluded down here. And then the training room is all the way in the back. We got room for eight tables and eight chairs plus the instructor. So I got, uh, I ordered a, um, you know, I didn't want to buy all brand new PCs to start with. So I got some, uh, some refurbished PCs and we got one that just came in. I'm trying We do the dual monitors where we'll have, uh, you can have the VMware on one side, you can have the labs on the other side. And uh, I got to build all the PLC trainers as well. But, you know, life wasn't, you know, life is a journey. You can't have everything done in a day. But so this is the new insights and automation suite. And uh, you'll see this picture over. This is a public picture, too. You don't have to actually sign up to see it. But in any case, you can see uh, this is our suite here. There are actually restrooms through here that goes to a public restrooms. 
But in any case, hey, for starters, I think it's a great space. I'm really excited. I'm not there this morning because they were doing some construction. I'm like, the last thing people want to hear on the morning show is banging hammers and stuff. So with that, uh, if you think I missed any news, please use our news feedback link to send it in. You see um, the news tip link uh, at the very top here. News tip right there. And then you have feedback or talk back. You can send us that as well. And just a reminder, again, if you're new to the show, every single link we've covered in all 160-plus episodes, you will find at automate.news. No www, no .com. I thought I had some buzzing in the background. But in any case, see this, I'm not in my studio. I'm in my upstairs office, so it's like all these noises can start. You never know where they're coming from. But in any case, with that, um, I'm going to go back to – let's see if I can get back to this. Okay. So thank you for uh, this impromptu daily news episode in my uh, in my home office instead of the studio. I hope you all have an awesome day. Um, please, uh, you know, remember, no matter what happens, stay courageous and stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace. <laughs>